My friend, we're gonna kill three birds with one stone on this week's program. If you're looking to put a smile on your face, we're gonna help you out with that. If you're looking to take better care of yourself, we're gonna help you out with that. And if by chance you're thinking of entering the medical profession, you guessed it, we're gonna help you out with that. I've got another healthcare hero on the docket today. Her name is Denise Adams. She is a nurse practitioner from Lyon County, Kentucky. And we're going to chat with her all about how she discovered an interest in nursing, the schooling that it took for her to become successful, and we will find out what has made her time in the field most rewarding. So, get your coffee cup ready, but don't worry about your credit card because Season 5, Episode 3 of Blabbing in the Bluegrass is absolutely free of charge. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Sligo to Saliersville, Salem to Sargo, we've got you covered, and thank goodness because it's cold, right here and only here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky as Mischief the Cat comes crawling underneath my feet. She does not want to miss any of the action. And how can you blame her? I'm Sam Moore here along with my furries at the unmatched upscale North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. And oh, am I so glad you're here because anytime I get the opportunity to spotlight somebody in the healthcare industry, I never ever turn it down because in my opinion and hopefully yours these are among the most under-respected under-appreciated people out there and uh, in many cases as much as i hate to say it their words of wisdom to us often fall flat at our feet but we're going to try to change that today with this week's episode we have denise adams who is a skilled and dedicated nurse practitioner from good old lyon county and Kind of a small world, you know, Denise and her husband Clyde are sort of like an aunt and uncle to me because Clyde was one of Dad's fraternity brothers at the University of Kentucky many moons ago, and they remained close friends throughout the remainder of Dad's life, and so I've had the privilege of knowing Clyde and Denise for a long, long time. And uh, something else that inspires me about Denise, besides the fact that uh, she does what she does, you know, she practiced as a registered nurse for a number of years. And then after getting married, having children, all that fun stuff, she ultimately returned to school later in life to become the nurse practitioner that she is today. That is quite an honorable accomplishment, something to be proud of indeed. And so we will speak with her about that feat and much, much more here in just a few minutes. Don't move a muscle. 
But uh, first, I do want to remind you that if you'd like to nominate a healthcare professional worthy of our time and attention, and really, they're all worthy of our time and attention, let's be honest, but nominations are highly encouraged. And if you have any other suggestions for the show, questions, comments, vicious remarks, you know where to send them. Bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N, at gmail.com. That is the email address. I'm also at your service via the Facebook page. Search Blabbit in the Bluegrass. It'll take you right to us. All of my previous shows are there. You can also stay up to date with additional information and teasers on future shows. Make comments, leave messages. So if you're not already liking and following the page, you need to be doing so. Also, don't forget to catch Blabbit in the Bluegrass every week, absolutely free, via four podcast directories. And we're working on adding some more. But for now, you can catch us on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal. So, no excuse for you not to join me each and every time we get together here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass. And before we get to Denise, waiting in the wings ever so patiently... We have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster. The goal is to do one of these each and every week. We'll give you the question now. We'll give you time to think on it. And we will reveal the answer the program's final segment. Now, folks, I know this is going to seem pretty outrageous. But many moons ago, uh, some household occupants ventured over to their local police department and claimed that their property had been invaded by aliens from a spaceship. When and where did this incident allegedly take place? Again, many moons ago, some household occupants ventured over to their local police station and claimed that their property had been invaded by aliens from a spaceship. I want to know when and where did this incident allegedly, keyword allegedly, take place. So get the wheels spinning and the juices flowing. We will have your answer at the conclusion of today's show. Good luck. Sam Moore now presents a kind and courageous healthcare hero. Well, in our healthcare hero spotlight, it is quite a pleasure to introduce somebody who uh, I've known for quite a long time. She is a nurse practitioner. She practices in Eddyville, but she also spreads her business around and works at other places. She has uh, enjoyed quite an extensive career in uh, the medical field between, uh, you know, her RN days and her nurse practitioner days. And now I'm going to Try her brain, and we're going to find out all about it. So let's welcome in none other than Miss Denise Adams. Thank you, Mr. Moore. I know this is really out of your comfort zone because you don't talk much. Exactly. I am a woman of few words. <laughs> I, I can pick on Denise all day long because, <laughs> you know, our, our families go way back. And as I, as I told you folks, um, you know, her husband Clyde and my dad were fraternity brothers. And although... I've heard uh, a number of those AGR stories multiple times. I know there are others that I'll never hear. Yeah, and probably <laughs> others that neither of us want to hear. This is true. 
Yeah, tr truer words were never spoken. Right. But, but anyway, uh, Denise, we're, we're sure glad you're here. Now, to start, why don't you tell me how long you've served as a nurse practitioner and what your areas of specializations are? All right, so I was a little bit of a light bloomer in the in the nurse practitioner realm, and I have uh, worked in that capacity for the past nine years. And my specialization is in uh, family practice nursing. So, um, so I, I work in a rural health clinic uh, that's family medicine. And you are with Baptist Health, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I know they are honored to have you. And uh, gosh, so 2012, this makes sure uh, you'll be going on 10 years later this year, won't you? Correct. That's correct. I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> I'm sure it feels more like 10 months. No, but... no, it feels more like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like double time, huh? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> we're sure glad that you've made it work for you. Now, tell me when and how, Denise, you first decided to pursue a career in nursing. Well, I, I went straight um, to Murray State University out of high school and um, started with nursing. I fell in love with biology in high school. Oh, I cannot biology. relate. <laughs> <laughs> had a great biology teacher, and I knew that I wanted to do something in the healthcare field. Um, and so, you know, I started. I started in nursing, and and it's uh it's carried me through a, a lifetime of career. Yes, indeed, Murray State, and then um, I guess later on when you went back to school to become a nurse practitioner, um, did you uh, did you make a triumphant return to Murray State, or did you go I somewhere did. else? Yes. No, um, I have both of my degrees are from Murray State. You're one of the uh, the shining stars that put Murray State on the map. Let's let's oh, be honest. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it ain't bragging <laughs> if it's a fact. So but anyway, uh, why don't you discuss the uh, the schooling there at Murray State, uh, the shadowing and the hands on training that equipped you to practice in the medical field there, Denise? Okay, well, um, I've been a nurse for so long, Sam, that it's it's really hard for me to think mm, all the way back to 1981 when things started. Um, That's the year the mom and dad got married. It is, yeah. That yeah. was a big year. <laughs> it was a big year. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but um, so when I was in nursing school, I worked as a nurse's aide in a nursing home. Um and I realized that not all of nursing was um, pretty. Right. <laughs> and it was hard work, but it was so very rewarding. Um, and, and it just felt at home, even through, you know, hard work and emptying bedpans and, um, and doing things that are not glorious. No. Um, it's, it's appreciated. And. I think that, you know, that's the, uh, that's the good part of it. And I did have a lot of, uh, a lot of good mentors as I went through both nursing school and then as a young nurse. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that, 
um, but but again, gosh, it was so very long ago. <laughs> now, Denise, you make that sound like it was around the time dinosaurs roamed the world. Yeah, yeah, there were a few left. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come along till '88, so I guess I missed out on all the dinosaurs. Yeah, they were gone by then. They were gone. <laughs> they were gone by then. But but anyhow, so you you worked at a nursing home. Was this in Paducah? No, it was, it was here at home. It was actually um, my husband's grandmother's nursing home. Um, oh, yes. Uh -huh. Actually, you know, before we really started even dating, but it was the only nursing home here in town. And so, you know, um, I guess it was my first summer home after my of course, first year in college is basic, you know, just general education. Yeah, everybody's um, taking the same stuff. Same stuff. So, but I had decided that nursing was um, what I definitely wanted to pursue. So I decided to work as a nurse's aide that summer instead of going back to Pizza Hut. Also, uh, oh, you're a you're also a uh, a Pizza Hut alumni, shall we I say? Also, waitress. Yes. Oh um, goodness. <laughs> so anyway, um, it was it was um it was here at home so it was handy um as a young teen who likes to party a little bit it was difficult because I had to be at work at six o'clock in the morning no you like to party yes I did no not now <laughs> I know but <laughs> <laughs> well you know you needed a little therapy to get you through that nursing school yeah but um, but I did, you know, I, I did realize by doing all that, that that was definitely what I wanted to do. So sure. when I wasn't at college, I worked as a nurse's aide. And at that nursing home, uh, did you, uh, now I know this is Catawba, small town. So yeah. you did, did you know Clyde before you started working at his grandfather's nursing home? I, I knew who he was. You know who he was, <laughs> of course. Of course. You, you know, when you're in a small town, you know who everybody is. Half of Katawa is kin to the other half. But yeah. but anyway, so but you got to know him better once you once you started working at the nursing home, actually. Well, I, I did, yes. Yes, absolutely. And the rest, as they say, is, is history. Is history. <laughs> but anyway, you, you touched on this briefly a second ago, Denise. As we all know, in the early stages of any career path, it is wise to seek advice, encouragement, and support from seasoned professionals. So why don't you talk about the mentors in your surroundings who assisted you in becoming acclimated to the nursing world? Um, so I think most of my good mentoring for being a registered nurse came at the hospital, and that was back when, when Baptist Health Paducah was Western Baptist Hospital in Paducah. Um, my my first manager there um, was also actually someone who was from Lyon County, and I had known her a little bit, but, but was not close to her. Um, she was an excellent nurse. Um, she taught me a lot. She taught me a lot about um, no nurse is perfect. We make mistakes. If you make a mistake, you own your mistake, and you learn from your mistake. Um, and I think that's probably some of the best advice I ever got was uh, realizing that no one's perfect. But if, sure. you, if you do something that you realize was wrong, you own it right then. 
Yeah, don't try to cover it up. Don't try to cover it up. And that, you know, everything in medicine and nursing combined um, is practice. You know, none of it is, although it's all based in, in, um, in theory, in fact, when you come down to it, it's practice. That's sure. called the practice of medicine. Um, but if, you know, if there was ever an error, just own the error, learn from the error and, um, and move on. And I think that's, that's some real great advice. I worked with a lot of really good nurses. Sure. And, and when I was preparing for this, Sam, it, it came to mind that one of the people that shaped me was actually, <laughs> was actually a very hateful, um, oh, uh -huh. um, not what I would consider to be a good nurse, <laughs> um, but I worked with her closely in the early time. Right. And, and just like the good nurses helped to shape me, she really influenced who I became as well. Um, in that um, I saw things that she did both as a peer um, and as a nurse that were not necessarily, uh, I mean, she was good with skills, but she was not good with people. Mm. And that made me realize that, you know, just as much as skill in nursing, um, is the ability to be empathetic and listen to people and be caring. Put yourself in their shoes. Absolutely. The, go the good old golden rule of if you'll treat people the way they that you want to be treated, yep. um, <laughs> then you really don't go wrong. So that, you know, I think she influenced me a lot as well. And I promised myself, and this was like back in mm, probably 19... I don't know, 89, 90. Oh, shortly that, after the dinosaurs. <laughs> well, correct, correct. About the time of your birth. Uh -huh. um, that if I ever felt that way about nursing, that I would move on. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and here I am. So I've never felt that way. You never felt that way. <laughs> and, you, and you learned from that lady, as hateful as she was, you know, she gave you some good stuff that you can try she to, you, know, you can try to cop, you know, mimic, shall we say. Right. She, she, she I, I, I got an education from her as well. Yeah, yeah. She gave you some good stuff. And she, you know, you also learned a little bit from her about uh, what not to say and do. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, it worked both ways. And shout out to your former manager. What's her name? Uh, Sherry Thompson. Sherry Thompson. Awesome. Now, so obviously she's uh, enjoying retirement life now, is she not? She is. She is. Okay. Well, well deserved, I'd say. So how long have you been? Uh, I guess you date back to, like you said, Western Baptist. Uh, how long have you been with that organization, all told? Well, I, um, oh gosh, I don't know total because I have not been with them throughout my entire career. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I, I worked with them for a while and then I left and I worked with one of uh, the vascular surgeons in private practice. Um, and then I was an ombudsman for a while. Are you familiar with an ombudsman? Uh, that may be that may be some new vocabulary for me, Denise. I knew there was a reason I had you on. <laughs> well, and 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 so here's uh, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit. Oh no no no, go ahead. <laughs> here's the thing about nursing: you don't ever get bored because there are so many avenues that you can go down. 
So um, I became an ombudsman when the surgeon I was working for in 2008 decided to retire. Um, and so I moved on and I applied for, that's a position with the state and you act as a liaison um, between nursing homes and individuals. So if the residents have issues, you actually go in and try to mediate. Um, it was a really cool position. I didn't do it very long, but um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> you enjoyed it while it lasted. <laughs> I did. Um, so I did that for a little while. I worked as a case manager for an insurance company for a period of time. Um, so, you know, there's just, there's so many things you can do. I, um, uh, when I went back to, when I decided to go back to be a nurse practitioner, I couldn't do, um, the ombudsman job because that was Monday through Friday, you know, eight to four thirty. Yeah. That required full-time yeah. devotion. Yeah. And so I went to work at our competitor hospital, Mercy Health in Paducah, for a short period of time because Baptist was not hiring. Ah, gotcha. So I went back and worked midnights, which is hard on an old nurse. No. I did that for about a year. So you worked 7P to 7A. I did. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that, was, that was not fun. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's only three days a week. But... It was. It was. <laughs> but so, that on, on top of schooling, though, that right, had its challenges. Right. So, yeah. No, I, I have done, um, I have never done home health nursing. Um, I've not done, what else have I not done? School nursing. Oh, heaven forbid. I had just as soon rip my fingernails out as be a school nurse. Um, I'm, um, not, I'm not a teacher for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with uh, little munchkins during school hours, just not, uh, not it's not your this, cup of tea. No, it's not for me. <laughs> I understand. Well, prior to 2008, you worked um, as an RN there at uh, Western Baptist slash Baptist Health. And I guess that was uh, various shifts, was it not? Uh, well, it was. I did... Um, I started there. I worked second shift back when there were three shifts. Um, that was also before your time, but there used to be a seven to three, a three to 11 and 11 to seven. So oh, yeah. I, I was the charge nurse on three to 11 when the kids were little. Um, and then when they started, when Zach started school, I realized that if I work three to 11, I don't ever see him except on the weekend. Or, yeah, because by the time you got back home, he was in bed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that I, that's when I did a little stint where I did weekend option. That cool where you work twenty four hours and get paid for thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that for a little while, and then I went to day shift. So, Nothing like time and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I never, um, I was never a big on midnight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the times I worked on midnights. Um, Midnight is either feast or famine. You are either bored to the point you want to sleep or you've got so much going on that you need to be an octopus to have to handle it all. There, uh, there's no middle ground, is there? There was very, very, there were very, very few nights of just being a nice busy. 
a nice busy yeah <laughs> you didn't <laughs> nice busy was unfamiliar territory but uh Correct. Correct. i guess what what you have now is a little more like nice busy isn't it most of the time most of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always exceptions but always but anyway um after serving as a registered nurse for um a number of years what inspired you denise to um return to school and uh, begin a new chapter and a new avenue, as you say, as a nurse practitioner. I had realized for quite some time that that was really, I, I love getting to know my patients and being, um, being able to follow through with, um, um, with their care. And it just seemed like a natural progression um and so i thought about it i've actually returned once before in 2000 gosh when was it early 2000s actually i think it was 2000 maybe oh. even 1998 that i went back to school uh to be a nurse practitioner and too much life was going on sam that's my, my your kiddos were a bit younger kids were young my mother had alzheimer's my mother-in-law had cancer my mm. dad had cancer and it there just wasn't enough denise to go around right and you were you, you probably felt like you were working half the time you weren't at work yeah so um I, I i went back for a year but i realized that it just wasn't the right time i did not have the time to dedicate um, to going back to school and, and be who I needed to be for my family. So um, as time progressed and fast forward to 2011 um, and all of my loved ones were gone, the, the older ones who, who I had provided care at home for. Sure. Uh, my kids were essentially grown. Um, I guess Savannah was, my youngest was a senior um and the other two were in college or already out of college right um so it it, it was a good time yeah the, the timing was more the more timing was good. Yeah. <laughs> yes indeed and uh, we talked about zach a little bit ago speaking of zach he works at a hospital as well does he not not anymore he did not anymore. okay i knew he was an it there at uh at uk he, hospital for uh, a bit Chandler. now he works he still works for uk but he's at the university now oh, okay so he i have not i have not a single child that followed me into healthcare as hard as i tried nobody <laughs> you just weren't influential enough huh or i was it just wasn't the right kind of influence. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the right kind of influence. oh that's great now uh, i'm guessing you know when you uh went to school to become a nurse practitioner were, were a lot of those classes online or were most of them in person no most were online um some some we would meet like twice a semester um, on campus, the rest of the time it was online. Um, gotcha. I think I had maybe, oh geez, one or two classes that were in person, but they only met once a week. Um, okay, so one trip to Murray a week, and Murray's not that far off. No, me, it, so. is not. it is not. <laughs> so that made it easier, and then, uh, well, you did that one year back in the round Y2K, and then uh, it, after it you- 18 months. 
And then 18 months after you came back. 18 months straight through. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome. I'm sure uh, we talked about celebrating earlier. I'm sure when you completed that, you were ready for uh, I celebrated some heavy duty celebration. <laughs> yeah shall we say but anyway well deserved now uh, as a nurse practitioner Denise I know that um, you serve uh, multiple healthcare entities and you do a fair amount of uh, regional travel so uh, why don't you talk to me about the territory you cover along with the uh, hospitals and professionals with whom you collaborate um so my my main practice is here in Annieville um or edible, as the locals call it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, so our office is here, and it's been certified as a rural health uh, entity. So that, I don't know what that means to the masses, but it means a little something to Medicare um, as far as um, the clientele that we serve and, and the, sure. and the uh, services that we're able to provide. But Dr. French and myself, Dr. French is the uh, physician that's with the practice. Um, We're the medical director for Outwood, which is a a facility in Dawson Springs, Kentucky. Hopkins Uh, County, yep. Hopkins County, yes. And it's a a state-run facility. It's operated by the the cabinet um, for intellectually and developmentally disabled individuals. So to explain that in layman's terms, it's like a community care slash nursing home um, for individuals who are unable to live at home. Gotcha. I see. But folks of all ages, maybe not not necessarily in their older well, years. It used to be all ages. Now it's only you have to be 18 years old to be admitted. So it's now adults. But oh, okay. Some of the folks who are there have been there since they were, well, I guess, I guess our oldest individual that's there now, um, maybe not oldest in years, but the one who's been there the longest has been there since she was five years old. Oh, goodness. Five and years she old. she is probably around 60. So, you know, that's the only home that she's ever known. Yeah, I'd say so. She's been there 55 years. But uh, so it's a, um, like I said, they, they live there. COVID has been very hard on them. Um, oh, no doubt. Yeah, because their, their routine has been uh, severely altered. But we provide services. So we have a clinic there, and I'm there a day and a half a week. Um, and I serve, help service those individuals. Okay, so you're you're in uh, Dawson Springs a day and a half, and they're in Eddyville the rest of the, the rest time. Rest of the time, and then as far as uh, collaboration, um, uh, mostly with Baptist Health Paducah, um, we can also refer to um, Baptist Health, which is now joint with Deaconess there at Madisonville. Oh, uh huh. Um, and then you know, local hospital. A lot of our individuals um, we serve here are from Princeton. Caldwell uh, County, yeah. Caldwell County, or here, obviously, here in Lyon County. And many of them, excuse me, many of them have um, have had care provided at Caldwell Medical Center for many, many years. It's convenient. It's close. Um, and so even though we're affiliated with Baptist Health now, 
um, we have a, a good portion who still prefer, prefer to get their care there just for familiarity um, as well as convenience. Okay, so you'll refer them back to uh, Caldwell. So, so, right, and, and we try to accommodate patients in that, um, you know, we try to abide by their preference. So sure. obviously it's easier for us if they stay within the Baptist network. Um, but again, medicine and nursing isn't about our convenience. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this about, is true. It's about providing uh, patients with what they need, not what we need for them. <laughs> and if they insist that you refer them to this or that place, you just say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if oh. it's better for them, it's fine for us. There you go. You can you can adapt. And uh, you mentioned that Dr. French, who works with you in there at Eddieville. How many uh, how many other nurses do you have on staff? We're it. Oh, it's just the two of you. <laughs> just the two of us. And then we have, um, you know, we have medical assistants. We have three medical assistants and two uh, people in reception um, that work with us. But um, gotcha. So three medical assistants and two receptionists. Correct. Yes, indeed. And I'm guessing you get uh, you get all weekends off at this point, don't you? Yeah, um, we're on call, you know. Um, so if, um, let's say, some of my patients have a problem over the weekend and they can call our office number or the Baptist hotline. And those nurses who field the calls, if they feel like it's something that we need to be notified on, then um, they notify us at night what? on the weekend. Um, so you're never really off, except when you're on vacation. You always have to be within a shot of your phone, don't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, I guess that's part of what's nice about technology today is you can take it with you. Um, yeah. You don't have to sit by the phone. The phone is just with you. And I've answered many a call when I've been in Lexington visiting grandkids. Um it, it, it is what it is. Or when you're fast asleep, but, you know, <laughs> it's... Who needs sleep? It's overrated. Well, this is this is true, and it's all the labor of love, isn't it, Denise? Yes, yes sir. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, um, what would you say you enjoy most about your interactions with patients on a daily basis, Mrs. Adams? Uh, you know, hearing about their lives. And that's what's nice about family practice is I know my people. I know that Mr. So-and-so's dog died back in December and I've heard so many stories. So um, I know that that was a grieving process for him. And um, sure. I know when grandbabies are born and divorces happen and mm -hmm. loved ones die and all those things that um, I guess in, in a sense, I become part of their family. There um, you go. And that's what I love most about family practice is that I'm able to develop a relationship with my patients. Um, yeah. And especially being there in Lyme County, you know, you, you chances are, you know, their cousins and uncles and aunts and true, it's true. nieces it's and tall. nephews. And, <laughs> and that helps you to relate to them even more it so. Does. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, uh, in, in family medicine, I'm guessing uh, 
<laughs> do you see basically all ages there patient-wise? Yes, sir. We, um, we'll often see, I've seen babies as young as two days, um, two days. That, that come in for a weight check once they leave the hospital. Um, and we have a few centurions. So we go. are definitely across the lifespan. <laughs> I'm telling you that zero to 100. Now, do, do you see furries? I have a few animals that might be interested. I see furries every day when I go home, but not <laughs> patients. You see them, you just don't service them. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> I understand. Fair enough. Well, that's good to know. Now, uh, the ever so dreadful COVID-19 first made its presence felt nearly two years ago. Did you know that? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it has posed numerous hardships for patients and uh, medical personnel alike ever since. And, uh, you know, we, we graced over this uh, a minute or two back, but if you would explain how uh, COVID has impacted you and your position and uh, describe the uh, adjustments that you've been forced to make in response to these. Well, you know, when it, gosh, I can't, I can't put an actual month that we stopped seeing patients in person. I'd say it was somewhere around. Well, I, re I remember that. 2020. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about, actually, it, it would have probably been March because I remember, okay. I'll never forget when the first day that everything seemed to shut down, the, uh, the SEC tournament was called off. And, right. Uh, Yes. The NCAA tournament was canceled. March and Madness, I, I think we referred to that. Yeah, March Madness indeed. So it was probably uh, shortly after that that you, yeah. <laughs> you shut it everything was, down. It was in that time frame. So we went, oh, goodness, probably eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks of not seeing patients at all. We fielded phone calls. Um, we ordered tests. Um, but as far as seeing anyone in the office, we did not. That was a really hard time and it made for some very long days. We talked about being busy. Um, oh, yeah. And we were not busy. Um, so then um, Baptist Health, much like other um, larger entities, figured out how to do it. And thus telehealth was <laughs> was interjected into our lives. Enter Zoom. <laughs> enter Zoom. Enter the ever-popular Zoom visit. Um, and so telehealth started. So we then started being able to offer video visits as well as telephone visits because here in rural western Kentucky, um, we don't have the greatest internet um, capabilities. And some of our elderly folks don't have internet, nor do they have smartphones, believe it or not. Nor do they have the desire to, to get it in many cases. They do not. So <laughs> those individuals did not have the ability to do a video visit. So we also have telephone visits of, um, that are possible as well. There you go. So, so you could use the old-fashioned, well, not landline, but cell phone. Right. <laughs> I guess. To do a, a visit. So, of course, there are limitations in that type of a visit, but that is the wave of the future. Um, so we, we continue to do a lot of telehealth visits and it's very popular and very um, 
it's a great thing for people that they don't have to miss work. Uh, you know, they can take a break and step outside and have a doctor's visit and then go right back to work. So it definitely has its place. And I believe it will, it will that telehealth visits and are, are here to stay. Yeah, I think regardless of the COVID situation, those oh, I do too. I you do know, those, those yeah. forms of technology will will continue to be used, no doubt. And then we had the whole PPE crisis, where you know, can you get an N95? Can you? Oh yeah, personal protective equipment. Yeah. So then you know we had the whole um mask and helmet um gown in the whole criteria that we still implement today um and like today as a as an example i saw multiple people that required me to be in ppe i tested oh. many people today for covid i'm sure many of the people i saw today are positive for covid well, <laughs> as, as scary as that is to think about, I guess it's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Um, the vaccine, you know, was a big, uh, a big deal. And it continues to be a big deal because there are so many people who, it's so controversial still. And I just well, hate sure. that. I hate that. Well, um, I've... <laughs> anyone who listens, Denise Adams is a proponent of the COVID vaccine. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I have been not only vaccinated, but also boosted. Good for you, Sam. So, I am pleased to hear that. You know, I've done all I can to protect myself. Absolutely. <laughs> that, and I have as well. See, so we're both we're both doing our part. We're doing our part. Absolutely. Yes. All these all these variants, that's what crazy. You know, it seems like every time the wing changes direction, we're hearing yep. about a new variant. You're so right. That pops up. But we're we're coping as we go. When you mentioned how uh, COVID has impacted the, uh, you know, your facility in Dawson Springs there. And I guess visitors are being limited there, too, for the time being, aren't they? Yeah, uh, we had just become a little bit more relaxed on visitors this summer and then the Delta variant hit. And now it's it's significant now. No more visitors. Um, actually, the National Guard's in at Outwood this week because we have so many staff people out with COVID. Oh, so you got the National Guard. Got the National Guard. Intact. Well, it's good, <laughs> good, good to know they're there, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you hope you never have to rely on it, but when you do, it's it's nice to know that uh, they're there to give you a little safety net, shall we say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, uh, I've heard, Denise, that uh, some teachers say that they probably learn more from their uh, students or just as much from their students as the students learn from them so uh, you can undoubtedly relate to this at least to an extent as a veteran in the healthcare industry so i know that you came close to knowing it all denise you really did oh, well, but yeah. but but anyway <laughs> just out of curiosity uh tell me about some important lessons that your valued patients have taught you through the years um always listen um, and I think that's a little bit of what puts nurse practitioners a little bit apart from both physicians and physician assistants. I think nurse practitioners listen better. 
Um, I think we're schooled a little differently. We're schooled to be a little bit more holistic in approach. Right. Um, and and not and I'm certainly not. Um, I don't mean that as a negative toward physicians and physicians assistants. It's just a difference. It's just yeah, it's a just a it's just a different approach. And it's a different approach. They're very um, they're very systems approach, um, which there are times that believe me, that's that is the best way to be. But sometimes in just listening to a patient, you can pick up on some things that really key you in on how you need to approach their illness. Um, and that that's proven to be very effective time after time. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, I, I mean, I could tell you stories of, of, yeah, all, well, all, and, and we don't have all night. Well, I know that you probably want to, you know, eat dinner at some point, so I won't keep <laughs> you that long, but, uh, but, there, but anyway. there are, there are patients that impacted me in my early days of nursing that made me who I am today. Sure. <laughs> Indeed. And, you know, you can talk to them all day long uh, about details and, you know, possible cures and stuff, but you can't do that until you get all the details from, from the patients. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and sometimes they're a little leery to talk to you, I'm sure, until you prove to them that, you know, you're, you're there to lend an ear and you're. Well, and that's where, that's where family practice comes in again, because you see the same patients over and over and you develop that trust. So it's not like going into an urgent care where you don't know the provider and you know that you have 10 minutes to spill your guts and get treated. Um, yeah, you're not on a time clock, are you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're just that that's the biggest difference. There you go. That's one of the one of the positives about uh family medicine as a, a nurse practitioner for sure. Now uh, obviously, Denise, we all hope to enjoy a long and prosperous life, but no matter how committed we are to taking care of ourselves, we all fall short. So just out of curiosity, based on your experience and your observations, what are the most common factors hindering our efforts to uh, sustain optimal health? And how would you recommend that we combat these barriers? Oh, mercy. Well, that, that, that's sort of like a, a topic for a, a whole different day, isn't it? <laughs> That's a biggie, Sam. So, you know, habits, bad habits. Um, yes. And we're all guilty of having our most, all of us are guilty of bad habits. Of course not you and I, never. Oh, you gonna have to speak for yourself on this one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whether it's, um, you know, uh, let me give you an example. So I've got I've got a patient with diabetes um, and obesity and hypertension, and she comes in and she tells me, you know, I eat salad every day for lunch, and it has some grilled chicken on it, and I don't do dressing. I just dip my fork in some fat-free dressing, um, and I only drink water, and, you know tells you all the right things. However, 
her blood sugar is out of control, her blood pressure is out of control, and she's gained an additional 13 pounds. So, no, that's that's yeah, the numbers don't lie, do they? No, they just don't. Um, and you know, a part of the bad habits are culture. So, you know, if you grew up eating fried potatoes and fried chicken with the skin on, which nobody does in Kentucky. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> And, and you eat fried foods daily, seven days a week, your cholesterol is going to be high. Um, yeah. It just is. So either you've got to change your habits, ideally, or you're going to have sure. to take some medicine for it. And sometimes both, you know. Um, yeah, a combination. But, but um, a lot of people just don't want to change their culture. <laughs> yeah, and they're reluctant to admit that um, a change of habits is uh, necessary a lot of times. Right. They don't want to give up four regular Cokes a day. Um, they don't want to drink water. They don't want to go for a walk. Um, they just want another pill. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> it's not always that easy. <laughs> no, no. And um, I'm always, it's always refreshing to see that that patient who wants to wants to be active in in getting their health back on track you're like hey why don't you take some of my other patients with you to exercise <laughs> yes yes we'll get a club there you go absolutely but yeah i guess <laughs> exercise eat right that's not to say that you can't splurge oh absolutely and that's <laughs> you know absolutely you can have fried chicken two times a month yeah there you go <laughs> Get on and everything, but it's just uh, <laughs> but you can't have it every other day and expect to be well, expect to get the results you want. So, yeah, that's right, that's right, <laughs> everything in moderation, absolutely. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Well, Denise, this has been great, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, last but not least, why don't you pass along some words of wisdom from those in our audience? desiring to uh, join the medical profession. Now, you have a lot of experience to speak from for being 39 years old. <laughs> yes, don't I though. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier about all the different positions I've had, consider nursing. Um, and, and you're, you know, I'm proof that you're never too old to go back to school. Um, despite that 39 comment, I was 50 when I graduated with my master's. <laughs> And, took and sat for my uh, nurse practitioner certification. Um, nursing has so many avenues uh, within it to pursue. You will always have job security. You will always have rewarding interactions. Um, you're constantly learning. Um, that old adage about if you do something you love, you'll, it's, it's never work, you know, you, you enjoy what you do. And the majority of the time, I absolutely love what I do. Um, and, you know, if you don't like hospital nursing, you know, try mm -hmm. home health nursing, or there are just so, so many different avenues. But if you're someone who's a people person, um, you like to interact with others, then and, um, it's it's a great profession, a great profession. I really feel like this is my calling in life, and I cannot imagine doing anything else. So you, you never dread going to work. 
now, in the morning, do you? Well, no, now never is a very that's a strong word, I guess. Very strong. Yeah. <laughs> but nine days out of ten. <laughs> I'll go with that. Nine You'll days go with out that. of ten. I enjoy getting up and going to work. There you go. Yeah. Well, and that's a stronger, that's a higher percentage than a lot of people can say. So I think so. So, uh, you know, that's cool. And, you know, like you said, you know, if you can relate to people and you're likable, that'll, that'll take you a long way in any of those nursing avenues. It certainly will. It certainly will. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, you're always, uh, always learning. You'll be practicing till the day you retire, won't you? I will. I can't imagine retiring, just to be honest. But I see, that, that's another good sign. Enough, I will. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You'll you'll be ninety years old. You'll be walking into the examination room. Hello, Mister Moore. I might. I might. <laughs> but hey, we we would strongly we would strongly support that. We sure appreciate you joining us. I hope that you've had fun on your first podcast. I have. I have. I enjoyed it very much. And since you did so well, you got my permission to go home and eat some fried chicken with the skin on. Yeah, well, there's just one problem with that. I've What's got that? About, I've, I've got about um, 10 messages to return and some charts to close. Ah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you'll get to it soon enough, I guess. I will. I will. I will. Yes, indeed. Denise Adams, you rock. Oh, thanks, Sam. I enjoy it very much. Mrs. Denise Adams, such a delight she was. What a great career. What great words of wisdom. Do not hesitate to reach out to Denise for any and all of your medical needs. I know that she is very highly respected among her peers and colleagues and patients, too, for that matter. And it was also quite an honor for me to visit with her this week as part of our healthcare hero spotlight. Now, again, I've said this before, but I know that you have at least one healthcare professional, most likely multiple healthcare professionals who have meant the world to you throughout your existence, and I want to hear about them. Send those nominations my way, bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. That is also the email that you need to use for questions, comments, suggestions for future guests and topics. I just want to hear from you. And I'd also be tickled pink to hear from you through the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page where you can listen to previous shows, get updates on future shows, make comments, leave messages. If you're not already liking and following the page, well, you're depriving yourself, if I do say so myself. And I definitely want you liking and following that Blabbin' Facebook page, okay? So... Until we meet again next week, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise, we will be coming to you on Wednesday, January the 26th. Hard to believe that'll be our last show for the month of January. This month is zipping right on by. But anyhow, before we wrap this week's program up and put it to bed, we do have the answer to this week's rather bizarre bluegrass brain buster from the beginning of the show. And to recap... Believe it or not, many moons ago, occupants of a farmhouse scurried over to their local police station and claimed that their property had been invaded by aliens from a spaceship. I wanted to know when and where this incident allegedly took place. Your answer. Well, it was way back on August 21st, 1955, 
in the Christian County community of Kelly. Yes, indeed, on the evening of August 21st, 1955, occupants of a farmhouse in Kelly traveled over to the nearby Hopkinsville Police Department and claimed that an object resembling a flying saucer or a spaceship landed at the back of their house, and for the past four hours, they had been fighting off 12 to 15 men about four feet tall who had been showing up at their front door and peering through their windows. And uh, when police arrived on the scene, they found no tracks from little men, nor did they find any marks where an object resembling a flying saucer or a spaceship had landed. So, the alleged incident, keyword alleged, <laughs> took place on August 21st, 1955 in Kelly, Kentucky, located in Christian County. In fact, they still honor and celebrate this alleged incident each and every year in August at uh, Little Green Men Days. It's a festival that uh, happens annually in Kelly, Kentucky, and I'm going to have to try to feature that on the show. And uh, further, I'm definitely going to have to try to hit it up, make an appearance, because it definitely sounds intriguing to me. But anyway, that's your answer to the Brain Buster. We'll have another one next week. We do hope that you're here. Quick reminder that you can listen to Blabbing in the Bluegrass and subscribe to the show without paying one thin dime via four, count them, four podcast directories. These include Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal. So, never miss a beat, never leave me hanging, and by all means, take advantage of these outlets. And until we holler at you again, I ask one thing of you and one thing only. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.